Hello and welcome to the 17th episode of the fourth season of the Plebs on Footy podcast. I am your host, Rory O'Kane, and as always, I'm joined by Scott Fotheringham. Oh, Banjo, I never knew I could be so bloody happy for you to be out of the country. It is the greatest thing ever. Can you please just never, ever, ever come back? I reckon even if you lost your next four games and came back a month later, you would still be unbearable based on how you've been this week. So I've had such a great week. It's just everything's been perfect. And we'll get to that because I've had five things that are so good happen to me this week that's going to be in the top five. But... God, I've had a good week. <laughs> when so, are you back? So good. Uh, Sunday, back in time for Majak's VFL oh, game. So I still, don't have to, I still don't have to see you this weekend then. So no. I've still got another, well, not really a week of not you because it'll have to be Monday. But, yeah. oh, my God, I'm just so upset, Banjo. Just, everything sucks. It really does. The only thing that could cheer me up is if I beat you in fantasy next week. That is the, the only possible way that I could feel okay about myself. couldn't care next week. at this point. We got Majak. How good? Magic's back. Yeah, like, it is good. I wish I could be happier. But, like, because you're so happy, it's just... It's not possible. I can't be happier. It's... You just poison me, Banjo. You make me a very upset, grumpy person. Honestly, <laughs> I'm just so happy. Let's get to the football or else I'm not, I'm, If I dwell on how happy I am, I'm just not going to be able to talk. Move For on. For the listeners, you're currently on Skype sitting back with your... Hands behind your back, just lounging back as if you're just the king of the world. I'm very upset. That's I'm a very, fair description very of how I feel, to be honest. The just king of the world. Everything went right this weekend. The world said happy birthday to me. The universe said happy birthday to me. <laughs> well, look, let's just say no matter how well you're going, at least we know that you don't have the best segment on the podcast. That that always goes <laughs> to me. It's Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. The titles arise from the line and Happy Gilmore, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, who gives a shit. And we give three, two, one votes for the meaning, most meaningless games of the round. Uh, this was the easiest gold jacket, green jacket I've ever done, I think. The top three was obvious and it was actually incredibly easy to separate them as well. There was like a fair gap in the formula points between all of the games. It was just so neat and perfect. This is what Gold Jacket Green Jacket was made for. <laughs> One vote, thankfully, I'm giving Brisbane defeated Melbourne by 33 points. Look, don't want to dwell on this game too much, Banjo. It was a. I think it we was... owe it to some of our loyal listeners to dwell on it. <laughs> Give me a blow by blow. How are you defeated so gloriously by such a relevant team? It was a. Uh, it turns out the uh, pattern of the game. It was a really odd game of footy. the The first half was just. It was pure chaos. It like I felt exhausted watching it. It was. There was barely a contest. It almost felt like a game of AFLX. It was just like. End to end, like we would get it. We'd have all these players out. We'd look like, yep, Melbourne are going to kick a goal. We'd turn it over. Brisbane would do the same thing the other way around. They'd bring it back. Yep, Brisbane are going to kick a goal. They'd turn it over. And it was just like pinging back and forth. On top of that, that there was were injuries aerial left right and like, You got to halftime. I'm like, I'm, I need to take a deep breath. <laughs> yeah, fair Sorry. enough. Bit, a bit of fuzziness. Well, oh, God, yeah, there we... was a bit of fuzziness. What did you say? We okay? Yeah, I think so, yes. Okay, <laughs> we'll keep going. We'll edit that out. Um, yeah, I was just saying it was actual aerial ping pong. Uh, yeah, yeah, in, in some ways. It was actually quite exhausting. 
as the game went, like, so halfway through the third quarter, we were in front by a couple of goals and we were really threatening to kick that. You know, like when you get that third you get goal, you start feeling like, you, yeah, you got a bit of a buffer and it starts feeling like we're, we're kind of building towards the end of the game here. I can see a, a real path for us to win it. And we just blew some chances. Tom McDonald drops an uncontested mark at the top of the square. Oh, is he back? Classic Tom McDonald. Uh, his first like fifteen minutes were really good, and I'm like, oh, maybe he has turned it around, and then he was terrible after that. So well, yeah, Mason probably Cox had two touches, so that's okay. Yeah, and he started to cop some criticism as well. Uh, but yeah, that happened, and then just like Hipwood just caught fire for fifteen minutes, just kicked him out of his ass, four of them from nowhere, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, I think this game's over. So like. It wasn't really a bad game of footy. It was kind of close, and it it feels like it kind of could have gone either way. In the end, obviously, you look back on it, and Brisbane were the far superior team and deserved to win. The weird thing about it, though, Banjo, was we lost the game in the contested ball and the clearances. Like, that no, is 100% where we lost. That's the one thing you're good at. The, the center clearances were absurd. Like, it was... We got utterly annihilated. I don't know what the stats were in the end. It would have been something like Well, Max went down, didn't he? Yeah, it's, it's hard to judge how much it was because of Max. Because we, we were getting smashed before Max went down. I think down injured. And then after he went after he went off, it was like we got utterly slaughtered in there. And then when he came back on, he had little patches in there where it was like it probably wasn't as much of a belting, but we were still losing it by quite a bit. It was so it was kind of hard to judge how much of it was because Max went off, and you'd hope just being a Max fan, you'd hope that it would be that thing where uh, he, if he'd had the time to sort of build into it, he eventually would have got on top, which he often yeah, does yeah. as a ruckman. So I, I, it, that that's a that's a difficult thing to judge, but really strange, smashed in the air, the contested ball and the clearances. That's where we lost the game, and. I don't be, think I, you've I, lost the game in contested ball and clearances in like three years. Yeah, it was really, it was really odd. As I said, it was a game which was largely played on the outside, and in some ways we were quite good by our standards, at least in that <laughs> regard. That kind of kept us in the game. So yeah, it, it was an odd game of footy, and uh, in the end, look, they won it pretty comfortably, and they deserved to win it. But uh, it wasn't a bad game. It was just ended up being kind of a predictable result. So that's why that's one vote. Two votes we're giving Richmond defeated St Kilda by 33 points. Another 33-point margin, which is, mm. as we say, around five goals is like the yeah. boring margin. It's like but, it wasn't a smashing, but it wasn't close. <laughs> yeah. There's, and, like, obviously the, the, the main thing you would take out of this game going into it that you'd kind of hope to take out of it if you were – I mean, that the media would hope to take out of it would be a thing of Richo's in trouble. This just doesn't go either way. It doesn't put the heat on him anymore. No, it doesn't really. A large part of it. They just yeah. Got blown probably, out in no, the last. no. I'd say not good enough for it to be like, oh, that's a good performance from Richo. Let's give him a bit more time. It's just kind of. It just feels like it's just stalled the pressure yeah. on him, and which is kind of yeah. wait as it goes on. It was just a. It was a bit of a nothing from his point of view. And also, uh, like, from we a, kind of all know he's going to get sacked. Like, let's be honest. Why? I just I don't get it. If you didn't sack him at the end of last year, what is the point in sacking him now? I just well, don't. It was sort of like a one last chance, I think, and he just hasn't done anything. I but don't know he, he has. has. But he, he, he has. With the with the injuries they have, he is a massive tick. His coaching this year has been excellent. I don't know. I, like if you look at 
like if you went through who you think are the best teams in the competition now, they they're fifth last, and they probably deserve but to they, be at least that low. But they are like they're bad, Stephen Kilda. We knew they were bad. I just I feel like if you're giving him this chance, you actually have to give him a chance. Like you can't you can't be oh yeah we'll give you another go and you better be top four. Like they're just not that good, and they were never that good. Yeah, but I, I, I just don't think know. they I just think... they just set him up to to die. Yeah, well, they gave him one more year, and well, I think to be honest, I think they would have sacked him if he didn't have the contract. So, or did they give him an extension? I don't. I don't, I don't. I don't remember the details of it. But I mean, if they'd sacked him at the end of last year, I would have been like, okay, I understand. He hasn't been great. The team's struggling. Get get a change. But once you've made that decision, you have to give him some opportunity to build into it. And as I say, I think this year has been a tick. So it's just, I just think it's so harsh to sack him at this point. But like, you're right. It does sound like that's what's going to happen. I, mm. I just don't understand. I just think it makes St Kilda look really silly, to be honest. I'm surprised that hasn't been a, uh, a more of a take in the media on it, that it makes them look like a bit of a rabble. Yeah, it's quite <laughs> interesting. I don't think Richo has many friends in the media, which is something that's killing him. Unlike mm. Brad Scott, who was kind of defended by the media, which is, like, there's not a, a whole... A politics huge, involved. Yeah, I, I reckon, because there's not a huge difference in sort of... Like, there is in performance over the time period. But, like, in the situation itself, it's not that big a difference. Both were giving probably one too many extensions, and the way they were treated on the way out, I think, has been quite different. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that does seem like it, and it's... I, I, I find it hard to reconcile why, to be honest with you. Uh, from the Richmond point of view, uh, the main thing we're talking about with Richmond is the fact that they had seven ins, all of which, well, the vast majority of which were very good ins, and then doesn't look like Rewalt's too far off. Rance sounds too like, far off. yeah, he's not far. Sounds like Rance is an impossible for him to play at some that point would this year, the way they're staggering. talking. Yeah, yeah, it would be crazy. Um, so this they is kind they'd of only that. They'd risk it if they thought they were a real chance in finals, though, wouldn't they? If they you limp think, into finals, yeah. they, there's no way they play him. But it is a thing of like, do you ever want a club to make finals and say, look, we know we've made finals, but we know we're no good. Let's not bother taking a risk. Like, yeah, you can't, you kind of have to. If if he if he can play, you, you have to. I think. Yeah. Um, which is it would be a terrible message to send if they you know finish eighth and then they're like, oh, Rance could play, but no, we'll we'll be conservative with him. Um. This is kind of, it feels like we're getting to that point now. All year we've been saying just wait and see on Richmond. It could just click at the right time. We're kind of in the next few weeks, we're at that yeah, point. It's and this is where now. we'll determine. Yeah, the this is where is, we'll determine. I've been it. speaking to Courtney, my girlfriend's dad, and he keeps saying they've got such an easy run coming up that they should get to sort of nine and six. And you look at it, they've got Gold Coast this week. That's a win. Then they've got oh, the GWS games, not easy at all. But then like Port. No. And they're all at home for a bunch of games in a row. So yeah, okay. They've got a run that it's not going to be easy, but it's set up as good as it could for a team like that. Well, do so, you think they'll, having had a close look at that, do you think they'll make it? The four or um, the eight? The eight. Oh, I'll be staying if they don't make the eight at this point. They're, they're out of it now, aren't they? The four. Yeah. Oh, no, the seventh. Sorry, I yeah. thought they were just out. Yeah, no, because okay. Frio and Port both had stinkers. Yeah, but their percentage is so shit. Yeah, the I percentage know. is 95. It's worse than North's. Mm. 
And we lost yeah. like 80 points in round one. <laughs> they're just, I don't know, they're just, they're tough to pick. They're very yeah. tough to pick, Richmond. I don't I'll, know where I'll it's going to go. I'll be shocked if they don't make the eight, though, because... Yeah, okay. I've sort of backflipped on this about 15 times so far this year. Week yeah, to you week, have. almost. You have, yeah. But... I, I've, I've been smart enough to keep saying, look, let's just wait and see. I don't know. But you're the one who <laughs> likes to make a call one way or the other. And, and that is true. I have, I, I have balls. Um, <laughs> you know, you have a history of being too reactionary, Banjo. Not That's what's happened. Not true at all. Not true at all. Um... <laughs> But yeah, no, the, <laughs> I think they'll make it. But it's, this week, it's more about Freo and Port's performances changing my yeah. opinion than anything else. I yeah, think fair I, I didn't think this, I didn't think eighth was up for grabs long ago, but I think it might well be because Freo have been smashed by injuries. And yeah, they're just. And, and they lost to Carlton. Yeah. Yeah, they Without lost to Carlton and Gold Coast. <laughs> If they make finals, that is incredible. And they've beaten GWS and Collingwood at home. It's it's yeah. been strange. But anyway, on to the three-voter banjo. This is now, when I say this, you'll just be like, this is the most typical, standard, most beautiful gold jacket, green jacket game. This game is why we invented the segment, Banjo. Three votes we're giving Sydney defeated Gold Coast by 42 points. So to those teams, we say... Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? Yeah, this is perfect. Both teams <laughs> don't matter. The better we, team won by a comfortable margin. It wasn't too much to make it interesting. We we made the last year. We made this segment for the purposes of those games which no one cares about, no one wants to talk about. You can't take anything from it. So let's just move on, Banjo. It's three votes. It is a perfect yeah, and I'm Sydney very happy to hang around enough to be a chance of finals. And Gold Coast haven't won a game in ten weeks. Ah, oh, they're not going to make finals. Turn it up. I, I know, but they're sort of. I, I'm not going to. They're a game out. Like uh, I, they're I, not going to make I, I it. They're not good agree. enough. I know. I 100% agree with you, but they're sort of doing the thing where they making it seem like they're a chance. I'm not saying they will or anything like that, but yeah, they're there. But people, people will talk it yeah, up. Yeah, that's though the they point. Anyway, yeah, I guess. So that's the best thing we can take from it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Enough of your false delusions about what the best segment in this show is. Uh, let's move <laughs> on to the actual one. Kane it's Korn's a good one. <laughs> Kane Corn's Call of the Week, where we examine the biggest, boldest media call made during the week and then make one of our own just to, you know, not to get too far ahead of ourselves with uh, how smart we are all the time. So let's get to the, uh, get to the media one. And this week, it's it's Wayne Carey, the greatest player to ever have played the game. Um, yeah. he, he's made a call that doesn't quite uh, befit his own stature. He said Melbourne's this was Melbourne's worst performance of the year when they lost to Brisbane by 33 points. And you took a fair bit of umbrage for this. Uh, I, I hate this take. I just I, I just hate... <laughs> look, either, either he's just trying to get a headline, which is very possible... Or he just has not watched us play this year. I, I'm getting really sick Given of the media. Given how irrelevant you are, it's very possible it's the latter. Like, why would you watch Melbourne? <laughs> Shut up, Andrew. <laughs> let's, just, let's just look at our year. We are currently 16th with four wins and 10 losses with a percentage of 77. How is getting quite close to the team that's fifth on the ladder on their home deck our worst performance of the year. They just the media seem to still think that we're good. Game, they're ahead of you. 
Exactly, and we've got them this week, and I'm genuinely worried. Like, I, I think it's very, <laughs> very possible that we lose the game. We are, we are a bad team. We have been a bad team all year. I understand if the media look at it and think they've had a bad year, they're a bad team at the moment, but I still have belief in them next year. That's kind of where I sit. But you have to be realistic. We have been bad all year. We have put in some terrible performances. How can you possibly try to claim that this is our worst? So when we get to the top five, Banjo, I'm really looking forward to it because I'm going to explain the fact that there are... I'm going to have a couple of honourable mentions. There are seven games in which we have been worse this year. So this was in the top half of our performances this year. And I'm, I'm quite comfortable to say that. This was... It wasn't good, but it was not that bad. And, like, he's just... He, he clearly has no idea where Melbourne sit. And it's starting to frustrate me. Just accept it. Melbourne are not good this year, yeah. media. It, it, He's become a bit of enough, the duck. It, it does he has become a bit of enough. To be so irrelevant that no one will actually watch your games. You, I mate, don't know what you, that's like, so I'm just trying to try and simplify. Banjo, you can slander me in a lot of ways, but don't use irrelevancy, Banjo. You know that is the label which is and will always be attached to your club. Do not try to put that on us. You can <laughs> say we're shit, but we're not irrelevant. We're the biggest story, media story going around this year. Anyway, let's move on to what your game calls. <laughs> Happens Kane when you sack a coach. <laughs> uh, look, my one is, uh, I actually think it's probably the biggest call I've ever gone with. It's the most controversial oh, really? call, in my opinion. No, I mean, it's like, it's is it bigger than one, when you told but... Mark to go back to Ireland? <laughs> well, in some ways, I think this is more controversial. People take more umbrage to this than yeah. a lot of other things. So... I like the score review system, Banjo. I like it. I think it is a plus for the game. How, yeah, how do you feel about that? Terribly. <laughs> Look, it, it could be better. I, I'm never going to deny that. It's not the system that's in place. Three weeks not, ago, Ben Brown kicked a goal that wasn't touched. There was clear evidence that it wasn't touched, and they overturned the decision. I understand that there that's have been some issues with the banjo. And it, than, what, than what was originally the case. Pedro, I understand that it needs to be improved. I get that. It, the system is not perfect right now. It has a lot of flaws, too many, and it needs to be improved. What I don't understand is this discussion going around at the moment about let's get rid of it completely. Let's let's look at, what was it? Was it Thursday or Friday night, the controversial score review? I don't remember. Friday let's night. have a look at it. Or Thursday. If we, didn't, if we did not have the score review in place... The same decision would have been made. We would have seen the same replay and we all would have been furious and up in arms that we don't have a score review system that would have changed the decision. What we have right now is we have a system which gets it right more often. It, it, it creates a greater ratio of getting the decision right to wrong. Except it's when they're not perfect. Ben and therefore we goals. have. What oh, if yeah, I, I get on the Coleman by I one goal. But there would be more incorrect decisions without the score review system. Am I correct? I don't know. I'd have to look at the stats. Banjo, there, there is no way it's creating more incorrect decisions. You know this. It is. It is a good. Like it's not. It's not a perfect system, but it's good it, that we have it in place. It's a good idea. The media uproar. The media uproar. If we didn't have anything in place at all, would be this times ten, because we'd look at it and we'd say, "Why is there no score review system?" And then when we have it in place, it's. Oh, well, let's get rid of the score review system. It's just become this real like hot topic at the moment. Let's just calm down. Let's recognize the times in a game in which it actually works, which happens quite often. 
but the crowd just boos it for no reason. Yeah, that, that's that's the it. most idiotic thing about the whole thing. The crowd reaction to it. I just just, don't just get that grow up. They're trying to get the right decisions. Yes, it needs to be fixed, but the talk should be, yeah, there's been some stuff ups. Let's make it better next year. Not this crap about let's get rid of it completely. Like it, it needs to be there in the modern game. It needs to be there. I like it, Banjo. I'm sorry. I'm going to stick up for it. I don't entirely disagree with you, to be honest, but Jared Waitley does, and that's all that matters. Yeah, that, that shocked me. I, I like Jared. He's a smart man. He rarely makes dumb calls, but I, I haven't liked his take on this at all. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's move on to mine. I have one word for you, yes. Scott. Finals. That's where North Melbourne is heading. We are Banjo, on can... fire. We, can I we, ask We're going to make it with 12 wins. We've got to win one of. We're going to uh, clean sweep the board, for, but all with three tough games. We've got the likes of you, which just makes it easy. So we've got to win one of Brisbane at the Gabba, uh, West Coast at Optus, or Geelong at GMHBA Stadium. Now, that's tough. I'll give you that. But we are probably <laughs> the third best team in the competition right now. <laughs> so Can we I are going to steam you? through and make finals. Are you going to have any part of this pod in which you're not talking about something North Melbourne related when you have the opportunity to? Like this, um, come on, Banjo. Think of something a bit more creative than this. Yeah, but like in the same sentence, every single segment of yours is related to Melbourne. So, <laughs> fuck off. Well, it is this week, yes. But that's just because Duck's an idiot. All right? And I needed I to let I him know. I, I, I don't care. This is the greatest week of my life. And... Yeah, I'm going to make it out of Melbourne. <laughs> be, be honest, Banjo. Complete honesty. Do you think you will make finals? No, but I think we're a good chance to get to 11 <laughs> wins, which would be remarkable given how shit we started. Remember in a... When, so we're playing him in round 23. When the fixture was released, we had this thing of like, it could mean nothing because we could just be like locked into our places. Or it yeah. could be really big. Maybe Melbourne will be playing for a top four <laughs> spot. Maybe North Melbourne will be like, playing for a top eight spot. It still could be interesting. Like if we knock you off in round 23 and you don't make finals as a result. That'd be hilarious. The year might be worth it. I, I don't know. Like maybe We've also it's got to remember, after that. about round six, we thought it was going to be for the number one draft pick. <laughs> yeah. Nah, you've stuffed it, Banjo. You've stuffed yeah, it. You've just ruined your draft picks. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. it's such a deep draft that we're going to get an absolute jet from the number 18 pick. Because not you only see, are we uh, winning, but making finals. Clean did you watch Axe? Have you watched Access, watch all, access areas? all Areas? Did you see Cal Toomey did his top five best kids or whatever? You're not getting yeah. any of them, Banjo. You're not getting any of them. We are. Yeah, we'll get one of them. We're getting, third at the moment. I was actually getting a little hopeful for Caleb Sarong or Lockie Ash to drop. I've been doing a little bit of uh Nah, mate. Nah, he's out. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, yeah. when, you know when your team's shit. You, you look ahead and you look at the draft. And I'd been listening to the Road to the Draft podcast and... Uh, Doing my research, and I like the look of a dashing halfback, and yeah, but no, not happening. I reckon we could use him as well, Banjo. So I'm, I'm pretty you excited. Use, you could use a good player because your list is terrible. <laughs> no, nah, our list is okay. It'll get there. It'll get <laughs> what there. What are you anyway, trying to get... and should sack uh, Simon Goodwin? Is that what you're saying? No, he just he's, he's had a bad year. We need to give him a bit of time. It'll get back on track, Banjo. Stick, stick to it. I, I believe in the Ds. Okay, let's move. <laughs> let's move on. Oh, no. Did we do yours? Yes, we did yours. Yes, anyway, we did mine. 
<laughs> I'm quite tired. Like no idea. Essendon defeated GWS by six points in the controversial game of the round. Bit of a, yes, bit of an interesting but, result. Yes, let's not talk about the score of you. We've already done it, Ben. Yep. We've already given our opinion on that. Let's actually talk about the game of footy. It was an interesting result. Uh, watching the game, it was it was a contest the whole way through. Like the, the game was on the line the whole way through. It did feel like for ninety percent of the game, it was a thing of. GWS are just a bit cleaner. Like when they move forward, games where the better teams just gonna win by a bit, and like it was just gonna be a yeah even game. It very much felt like that. Yeah, Uh, both teams were getting a lot of their score from transition. A lot of it was uh yeah going from back fifty, quite good sort of ball movement. But it's that thing with like you you can picture it without having watched the game where (laughs) Essendon's a lot more kind of manic about it. And it's a little bit uglier, but when it's going, it's potentially a bit more high octane, you know, like it'll be like start a sprint out of there and then do something unbelievable sort of where for GWS, it was more that just like silky machine that kind of moved through. And they were just, they just seemed a bit cleaner. They were got a lot of really nice pieces of ball movement, which finished up and you're just like, geez, they're a good team. Mm -hmm. And you did, you did just think of, Eventually, they're going to get on top. And in the first half of the last quarter, you're like, ah, oh, here it is. They've finally broken the game over. Uh, broken the game open. It's, it's yeah. over now. And then it was like Hooker kicked some beautiful goal from the boundary line. And just all of a sudden, they just lifted. And then from nowhere, it was like quite intense. It was like, well, when Essendon had the momentum, it was probably more electrifying and more like, whoa, yeah. this is special in your face sort of stuff. Where GWS was kind of a bit more understated, but probably better. But and but in the end, like you look at it, it was ten eleven to twelve five. Like Essendon were lucky to get away with a win. Good on them for doing yeah. so. And there was a lot of real nice clutch pieces of play in the last few minutes, which was so like as a supporter, it would have been great and keeps their season alive. Yeah, but well, it doesn't really change my opinion. Eight, so they're every chance. Yeah, I'd give them more of a chance than you for sure. Seriously, uh, same amount of wins. Yeah, I don't know. Essendon. No, you haven't. Essendon oh, won no, more win, but like, oh, there. I just, yeah. but even so, I just Essendon's best is better. I I can see them just sort of clicking for like a month and putting together some brilliant. Did you say footies. that for both Collingwood and Geelong said we're the best team they've played all year. So <laughs> Geelong said that, did they? Yep, <laughs> or the toughest, something like that. Uh, yeah, nah. Bill nah, Davis reckon... gave us a hell heap of credit. It's wonderful. Yes, anyway, let's right. move on. Cats defeated Adelaide by 27 what? points. All right, all right, Bancho, if you want to move on. Do you on. have anything else to say? Oh, look, nothing massive. I just thought we'd elaborate on it slightly, but no, no, if you want to move on. Time is of the essence. Cats defeated Adelaide by 27 points. <laughs> this is another game where it's sort of a bit of a wash. Adelaide apparently played pretty well early, but uh, just the kind of expected result, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Ge- Geelong had to earn it is the way you'd, you'd yeah. put the turn. You'd put it down. Like, Adelaide made them work. They made it a game. Uh, it wasn't a bad game. And, yeah, Geelong eventually had to play good footy to get there. But yeah. they did, and then they won it. I, I have to say, we're getting to that point. It's now round 15. I'm, I'm starting to get convinced on Geelong, I have to say. <laughs> I'm glad you're joining the party. It's about time. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm not quite there. I, I, I still wouldn't have them as, like, clear favourite, which people are saying. But well, Who's next uh, best? It's not Collingwood. You no, know, I still, I would, st- I would still tip Collingwood at this point. I'm not giving up on that. I still I, just I, think, as you know, my general rule is if you lose to North, you can't win the flag this year. 
which, to be honest, is getting tested a little bit. But <laughs> <laughs> now nah, I'm I'm backing Collingwood to come right at the right time, and I suspect their best will be better. But that's kind of where I'm at. And I, I can just see Geelong dropping off a little bit, as we've discussed in plenty of detail. <laughs> but yeah, this was a good win in the sense that it wasn't all easy for them. It didn't all happen perfectly for them, as it has as I believe it has happened in the early parts of the year, they did have to work for it and eventually they did get on top. So, yeah, no, but week by week you have to get a bit more convinced and they're a very, very good team. Stop. I do have one question for you. Are Adelaide yeah. boring? Like, just oh, yeah. Like, yeah. How absolutely did that happen from two years ago where they were the most exciting team in the yeah. competition? Well, they had a rapid change in game plan this year. Yeah, it's how it happened. I, I, I don't know what the. I, I, like, I would, I would be fascinated to speak to Don Pike about it to get the reason why it has happened. I wonder if it was a thing at the start of the year where they looked at their list and thought, "We've got quite a lot of good inside mids, good accumulators. Let's make it a contest, and hopefully we win yeah. it that way." Or whether it's a thing they've kind of stumbled on it through perhaps not being as good as they hoped at the start yeah. of the year, kind of putting the brakes on it a little bit, then it kind of worked. And they're like, oh, let's keep playing this way. I, I don't know how much of it would have been by design. But, yeah, definitely. They'd be in the top three or four most defensive teams in the competition, probably it's most boring so teams in the competition, it's yeah. the worst way to go. Like, just to, out of nowhere, after being such a good team to watch, so dynamic, to just be this. It's... I'm really annoyed with Don Park, to be honest. They were I a suppose. joy to watch, and now they're not. And yeah. they've got so many good players that you want to watch play football, and it still doesn't matter. Before we say whether we're disappointed in Don Bike or not, we have to see where they finish. Like, I, I, I'm not... Oh, I'm not, I'm not commenting on a results fan. basis. It's yeah, just I, aesthetically. I know, but I'm very much... I don't want to be disappointed in coaches for playing a boring game style if they're winning games. I just... I have a passion and I'm against that. You don't love As you know, I, I love Ross Lyon. That's true. You're a weirdo. <laughs> I, 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 I this like is the equivalent, a lot of games. This is your equivalent of me liking Toby Green. <laughs> you, I like dickheads I, I, and you hate... You like defensive coaches. <laughs> I, I, I like a defensive game when there's high intensity and there's something on the line. It can, it can be really boring when one team's clearly going to win it and then it's just, what's the point in watching this? But when, it, when there's something really on the line and it's quite close and it's defensive, I, I think that's great footy to watch. I, I've never had an issue with that. Yeah, but, neither I mean, have I. But... but if we're looking objectively at it, yes, Adelaide are a boring team. I, I suppose if you look at their list, from a midfield point of view, they don't have a lot of good-looking midfielders, you wouldn't say. They have an exciting oh, forward true. line. They have a the lot of extra in the forward get really line. damaging in the midfield is Rory Sloan. Like, he can... Even him. I wouldn't oh, call him get, an electrifying mid. No, but he can get really direct with ball movement and sort of open teams up quite a bit. And yeah. his overhead marking can kind of add a bit of an X factor. But, yeah, the crouches are just... I, I don't know how they do it, to be honest. They just accumulate the ball... Cam Ellis Yolman's a bit of a nothing. Bryce Gibbs has yeah. just been so bad that he can't possibly be sexy anymore. Greenwood and he's in there as a just a tough nut. Like there's, yeah. there's a lot of those sorts of players, kind of vanilla but hard at it. Um, they actually they run through their midfield. It's just yeah. it's forward of centre where you get excited and you think they could be an exciting team because we've obviously seen it in my the past. But yeah. Yes, is he? He's still out, isn't he? Yep, should be back this week. Oh, that's a shame. Did that cost me fantasy? We'll never know. 
We will know. You lost by about 150, didn't you? Yeah, I had a zero, and I had to play Griffin Logue instead of Wayne Malira, which well, cost so me. So you would have backed in to get like 170, would you, to make that difference? No, <laughs> that and Witherden going out. And the fact that I played Yeah, so it was Witherden going out that lost in the game. It wasn't Miller. I had a lot of things lose me in the game. I lost by a lot. Leave me alone. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. West Coast defeated Hawthorne by six points. <laughs> I could not believe this game was so close. Now, this this has been a weird one. The So, look, I, I have to level with you. I didn't watch it. But the media view of it, every piece of commentary I've heard on it has been talking about, like, really talking about West Coast, being, like, talking about really impressive when Nick Knack bat was huge, talking about Luke Shuey, how good he was. Now, this was a really good win. And then they'll stop doing that. They'll stop raving about West Coast. They'll be like, but, like, Hawthorne should have won the game. They were the better team all day. It's like Hawthorne suck and they yeah. probably should have won the game. And the other thing West I've Coast. heard is talk about really good win for West Coast because it was at the MCG. They won the grand final last year. The MCG, they beat Collingwood again at the MCG yeah. this year. It shouldn't it's be an, an issue, issue anymore. Yeah. Is that the reason why people have taken a positive take on West Coast from this game? It has to be a negative take. Hawthorne are a poor team and they probably got outplayed and were lucky to get over the line in the end. Yeah, I did. I don't look at this game favorably for West Coast. It's it's yeah. it's the kind of game where you go, it's a tick, but only because you got the four points, and that's all that yeah. matters. And we won't remember this game at the end of the year. I, I would say the same. And the only other thing which you take is uh, Nick Nat was good. He played what half the game or whatever. He played low yeah. game game time and still had forty odd hit outs, and made a difference to them. So that that's one thing which West Coast supporters would take away from it. Yeah, that's a pretty big deal, to be honest. If if they can get him going and he gives their midfield sort of the potency that they've kind of lacked this year, that, that'll be massive for them. That'll Huge. really change the outlook of the entire top four, really. It allows midfielders to be to take a positive mindset yeah. into stoppages. That, that's what it does. They, they, they haven't know been where able the ball's to do going. with Vardy and... Well, who's, who else are they going to play? Vardy and Hickey. Which is just, yeah. It's such yeah. an upgrade. Yeah. Yeah, who are defensive ruckmen, and therefore, as a result, it makes it. You, you've kind of just got to figure it out as you go as a midfielder. When when it's Nick Nat, you can just you can figure out your own way to go about it, and you can um, yeah, sort of drive yourself forward. The other the other thing is uh, Luke Shuey's last quarter. He had what fifteen disposals or something, and will them yeah, over the line. That's not bad at all. He he's become that sort of player, hasn't he? I, I think he's as clutch, a isn't he? Because he he's kicked yeah. two after the siren goals. He kicked it in a final in extra time. Or was that to take it to extra time? I can't remember. And then he did it to Port last year as well. It was massive on grand final day, obviously. He's a big game player. He, um, I'd say this year, I think his baseline level, he's been like a good midfielder, but he has been below the top notch. But the thing is, he has occasional games where he just wills his team over the line in the last quarter. Yeah. And then he's like, whoa, gee, how good is Luke Shuey? Which is a... It's a great trait to have. Um, yeah, it's it'll be kind of one of those self-fulfilling prophecies at this point. It's like uh, Port when they said they kept telling everyone they were the fittest team in the competition mm. to the point where they believed it. Like they, he's just convinced himself it, that's his time to shine, and he's fantastic, ready to go. He's still averaging twenty-seven touches a game. So it's not like he's having yeah. a bad year or anything, but he's just—he's a freak when it matters. Yeah, I've just I've heard a lot of uh, Luke Shuey is underrated this week, which which may be true, but I suppose I'm just looking at 
the reasons why that's the case. The thing is because he's week to week. I put him in my top five players in the competition. So (laughs) I haven't understood. Okay. But I still believe his week to week performance isn't quite at that absolute top level of the best midfielders. But I suppose you can still make the argument that when you lift in those moments, that sets you apart. So, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know where I really sit on that. Um, But yeah, they're the. They're the main things to take out of it from a West Coast point of view, and they won the game. Yeah, and Hawthorne are irrelevant, so let's not talk about them. So let's move on yep. to our top five. <laughs> uh, we've got dueling top fives this week because uh, you, as you said, wanted to go through the worst performances mm. of uh, of Melbourne season. <laughs> and I've had such a good week, and I don't like being a grump like you, and I'm a very positive kind oh, of fan. I just wanted enough. to tell everyone how good my week was and go through the best five things that happened to me this weekend. So uh, I think we'll do take it one at a time because they're so diametrically opposed as uh, conceptually. So do you want to start? Go through the top so, five worst performances of Melbourne's year? So I'm running through all of them, am I? Yeah, yeah. I reckon. All right. I, I think I'm going to leave the honourable mentions to last, I think, and I'll, I'll, I'll count up from five. So my, my fifth, I've got Essendon defeated Melbourne by 18 points. This is potentially one of the more controversial ones. But do you remember my response to that game? Yes. When it was round three, big build-up to the game. It was these two teams who'd been shit for the first two rounds. It was this thing of, oh, who's the most embarrassing team to this point of the year? And I came out of the game saying that. I think my Cane Corns big call the week that week was that was the worst game of footy I've ever seen. Because <laughs> it was the worst defensive game I've seen. Ever. Both teams just offered absolute no defensive accountability whatsoever at any point throughout the game. We lost at 130 to 112, but I thought it was just disgraceful our defensive performance. And it, it, it was a terrible, it was a high scoring, but it was a terrible game of footy in terms of standard. Much worse than we were this week. Much worse. At least we 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 tried to win the game this week. Round uh, number four. I've got our round one performance against Port Adelaide. They beat us by 26 points. Very, very, very flattering margin. We, we mm. could have lost that game by 10 goals. Remember we kicked the first four goals or something? It was yes, round I one. Do. Like, ah, oh, here we go. And I was telling Melbourne you not to worry about things. <laughs> we were, Those were the days. We were embarrassing after that point. Duck's big thing about this week against Brisbane was this thing of we didn't really. We, we saw it as a walk in the park. We didn't tackle and stuff. We were absolutely bullied against a bunch of kids against Port Adelaide in round That's one. That's right. Has you he remember Connor Rosie yapping at uh, Max Gorn at halftime? Yeah. All of their kids in their first game were just yapping at us all day, just embarrassing us. Bloody Rockliffe had about 60 disposals. They just I they didn't just think you minded that. What? I didn't think you minded that, given he's in your fantasy side. Well, yes, all right. There was a little bit of happiness at the time, but like that's a much worse performance than it was this week. Round number three, Banjo, I don't think you're going to deny this. Geelong defeated Melbourne by 80 points. I cannot believe this isn't higher. (laughs) I know. I mean, it's our biggest loss and probably in many ways our most embarrassing loss. You had 73 inside 50s and lost by 80 points. I know. It 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 would be one of the stranger games of footy that's ever happened. But I suppose when I watch the game, I'm like, at least we've got our one wood back on track. Yeah. At least we're winning in a contest and a clearance. We're getting the ball forward. But the embarrassment in terms of our defense and our ability to score was just like times like on a high, the highest level you will ever see in a game of footy. It was disgraceful. Definitely, definitely worse than this week. Yeah, that's fair. 
Number two, I've got round five. St Kilda defeated Melbourne by 40 points. This was embarrassing to watch, this game. We were beaten up around the ball and we were utterly destroyed on the spread. It was... I've never seen a team spread so badly in my life. They they worked themselves... St Kilda worked us, outworked us so hard running. And, like, Ducks looking and at St. this Kilda week and saying, stuck. yeah, too. Like... Exactly. They're, they're no, uh, Ducks looking at this week and saying, yeah, we were beaten at the contest, which we don't normally do. That That's true. But you're ignoring the fact we actually worked quite hard on the spread this week. And a lot that we're normally bad at, we were good at. We're, this St Kilda game just summed up what our flaws were in the early part of the year. We were terrible. And number one, Banjo, you know what it's going to be. Round eight, Melbourne defeated Gold Coast by a point. <laughs> this, this was definitely the worst we played all year. That, this is the worst standard game of footy I've ever seen. It was a comedy of errors from the first second to the last second, and we did not deserve to win that game, and we were, we were terrible. The other two I've got, I have our GWS loss. They bet us by 26 points, flattering again. Uh but that, that, that was the game in which we didn't care. We just didn't turn up. The players looked disinterested. They didn't want to be involved in the contest at all. Thank uh, God you have far more so than this week. This week, we actually pushed Brisbane. We tried to win the game against GWS. We didn't turn up until halfway through the last quarter. And the other one, this is a bit touch and go. I put Queen's birthday, I think, was worse. Collingwood beat us by 41 points. I suppose the difference between the two games was against Collingwood. We never really looked like we were a chance to win the game or we were trying to win the game. Where this this one we were. We were up by two or three goals halfway through the third quarter, a chance to win it. And we were trying to win it. We just stuffed it up. And then Brisbane caught fire and played really well for the rest of the game and ran away with it. But we were in this game this week. It's, Ducks an idiot. Ducks an idiot. That's <laughs> seven games which were worse this year. So this is in the top half of our performances this week, which is pretty sad, but that's where it sits. You've had a terrible year. Anyway, let's move on to some positivity. <laughs> uh, these are the top five things that happened to me this week. I have had a, a weekend. I have had a great weekend. This might be the greatest weekend of my life. So just oh, as God, start with, I'm having a great time in New York, going to weddings, drinking a lot, and it's all largely being paid for <laughs> by other people. So <laughs> the top five things that happened to me, outside of just the fact that I'm in a lovely part of the world and it's warm, uh, over the weekend... Australia beat New Zealand in the World Cup of Cricket. We smashed them in the end. I woke up, didn't think we'd had enough runs on the board, but we absolutely tore through them. Mitchell Stark's the greatest uh, World Cup bowler of all time. And, you know, it's always nice to beat New Zealand when one of your best mates is a Kiwi. Heartbreaking, man. I'm, I'm a passionate Kiwi fan. <laughs> I'm gutted with this. I jumped I like on the you, Kiwis you finally about two that days. A New Zealander. <laughs> this isn't something the listeners on... would know, but you were born in New Zealand, lived there yeah. for, what, two years? Six uh, months. <laughs> I was six months years old. It was six months when I came over to Australia. Uh, but no, I decided about two days before this game, I decided I'm going to jump on the Kiwi bandwagon in the cricket. Successful so I'm choice. heartbroken. Heartbroken <laughs> with the result. <laughs> but yep. that just made the whole thing better. Number four, I have two bets on the brown low. I have Josh, uh, not Josh <laughs> Kelly. I have Tim Kelly at a sort of 10 to 1, 11 to 1 uh, for 20 bucks. And I have Cunnington at 200 to 1. Both of them got three votes. Both of them are one and two in the coaches' votes. I'm feeling pretty good about it. There's going to be some great cash-out value for Cunnington, and Kelly's actually going to win the whole thing. No, yeah, at least I can be happy about half of this one, Bancho. I'm also <laughs> on Kelly, and uh, I messaged you on a, what was it, Friday night? He, a definite three-voter for TK. That's He's, fantastic. He'd be, well in, he'd be well in front at the moment. 
Well in front. I love it. I love it. I love it. Number three, NBA free agency started. I go for Miami Heat. And we signed Jimmy Butler, your favorite player. I love Jimmy. And, yeah, just absolutely awesome. Trade was completed today. Fantastic. Apparently, we've got more moves on the way. We're just killing it. Pat Riley is a god. Not particularly AFL-related, but let's move on. Number two, North winning. <laughs> cannot believe this isn't number Only one. Only number two. This cannot believe this is number one. This was When this yeah. happened, this was an absolute shoo-in to be the best thing that had happened to me the entire, time I, was, the, the entire <laughs> time I was in America. Screw anything that happens over here. This was number one. But it somehow got beaten. And it got beaten by the best story of the year. And that's Magic Door returning to football. It is going to be Jason McCartney-like. I am so excited. I'm going to be back in the country for it. I am emotional. I'm just so happy. I cannot wait. What a are man. You, I'm do so you reckon happy. you guys are going to specifically plan it so he comes back for a game in which you're not a chance? So then you can get a certain victory out of a game where you ordinarily wouldn't win? Do you no, know what I'm saying? All our not a chance games <laughs> are uh, away games. So, and we've only got like two home games left for the rest of the year. Uh, but anyway, Jeez, I'm just I thought so you had a, about it. Thought you were oh, a chance sorry. to make it. <laughs> we've, got, we've, we've got a heap in Tassie. I'm in in Melbourne. Um, I'm just uh, yeah, so okay. happy. I'm so happy. Yeah, look, I, I'm happy too. I wish I could be even happier, but you're a pain in the ass. So, uh, <sighs> love, love, Scott. <laughs> I love, I do love, I love, I love Majak. You know that, and I'm very happy for him. But watching your joy always crushes me a little bit inside. <laughs> oh, I can't <laughs> wait! I cannot wait. Anyway, let's move on to the best game of the round. North <laughs> absolutely destroyed them to the tune of 44 points. I think Buckley said it was embarrassing. Pendlebury said we're the best team that played all year. Just awesome. Cunnington, best on ground. Definitely going to be all Australian now. The media's on his side. So just a wave of positivity. Jai Simpkin was awesome. 30 touches for the first time in his career. 11 clearances. Absolutely smashed Tom Phillips at one contest. Jed Anderson was awesome too. Just everything was awesome. Everything. Look, let's Dan be realistic. Who's been a fringe player that we thought was going to get delisted. Absolutely destroyed. Yeah, exactly. He was a first-round pick. Thought he was absolutely cactus. But he's coming good. And now he's going to be a key defender for us for a long time. It's great. Look, let's be honest here, Banjo. Let's let's just level with everybody. You know that the story out of this game is Collingwood, correct? No, it's not Collingwood. Ah, you do. No one cares about North Melbourne, mate. mate you happen to be the team that won, but it's I, only because Collingwood lost. Anyone cares? I just told you we are going to make finals. This is one of the big reasons why we were so good. We made them look like pansies. They, Buckley said they were embarrassed. We just ran through them contest after contest. Of we course they were embarrassed. <laughs> How did they only just... score five goals for the game? This is Collingwood we're talking about. <laughs> Remember early on in the year, we're talking about how their forward line works like nothing I've ever seen. Yeah. It how, was, like they're just, just so the seamless. Way. So, it turns out yeah. Stevenson's pretty important. You know the best thing? They had kicked 5-7. Five, five of those were rushed behinds. They had seven scoring shots. Is it is it as simple as could it could it be just Stevenson? No, it's a, it's not. Know. Their midfield is the biggest problem. They they don't have any actual contested ball players like the the hard contested ball player. Well, yeah, Taylor the, Adams out. Yeah, their pressure through the midfield is not good, and because they they're all they're so star studded. It's it's what happened mm. to Geelong when they were playing Ablett Selwood yeah. and Field in the midfield. Yeah. They're all so. 
offensive focus because they've always been the best players and they've always been able to. But now they can't because there's too many of them. They need balance. Yeah, you, you can definitely make that argument. I, I suppose their problem is I don't think they have a, an ablet who can go forward. I, Trelaw is not going to play forward, like, at least for any no, substantial period of time. Pendlebury Better has quoted in different... Yeah, he has gone into different positions, but I don't think he's going to do it to the level that kind of Ablett has, for example. No. Um, side bottom's playing off a wing a lot, but he's kind of always played that position. But that's also I, I, marginalised him a fair bit. He hasn't been anywhere near as good this year. Mm. Yeah, but they're, they're going to have to do that a little bit. Like, you know, Beams come back there. as well. They, they just, I think the Dane Beams trade might not have been a good idea, to be honest. Now, two that's first, a big call, Banjo. Two first-round picks. Mm. They're not going to be high. They're not going to be, like, sort of early first-rounders. But still, Beams only going to be there for three years. His body's tough. Yeah, I mean, take take out the injury, and is it a completely different discussion? I I don't know. Like, it, it, it's a bit it's a big call to make, I guess. But yeah, they they need to figure that out, and they need to figure their forward line out because they right now they do look confused for the first time in a long time in the way that they're moving the ball forward. Uh, like Dugowie has to spend a lot more time forward than he has, which is an ideal. And then Reed went down injured. Uh, Mason Cox is just battling like it, it, we've talked enough about how he's not that great a player but people are starting to pick up on that now and Matthew Lloyd was pretty scathing in his review of his game rightfully so uh there's a bit there which worked so well last year and we were certain was going to work this year which just isn't at the moment so quite worrying but anyway that's enough talking about that game we've uh talked about everything to come out of Collingwood North Melbourne haven't we we are not done talking about this game though <laughs> I'm just going through the stats I want to find things to talk about you know Taron Thomas had the third highest pressure act for a 19 year old ever how good's that it's pretty good yeah he's so good Luke Davis Uniac <laughs> was awesome Karen Hayden had a bit of he a had 15 of disposals yeah but he kicked had four two kicks. And go. did he he needs to kick yeah. the ball more he had four kicks and one tackle, mate. He had I don't 50 care. fantasy points. Don't don't get too excited about that. No, too good. Con- continue. What else was, was good, Pittard. Danger? Pittard, Polek, just everything. Yeah. Should have put him on my fantasy him. field. We had 30, <laughs> 28 more inside 50s in Collingwood. We smashed them. You and did the, smash them. I don't deny that. Actually, this is an aside. Did you know you're more likely to win a game if you lose a free kick count? How is that? I didn't know that, no. That's, yeah. yeah. That's the most interesting stat I've seen in a long time. <laughs> By much? Uh, it's like 49%, 49.8% if you lose, yeah, right. 44% <laughs> if you win, and 6 if it, 6% oh, 6% of the time the, the free kick counts level. So it that's, pre- that's pretty much telling me that. Freak the freak kick can just doesn't matter at all, and that, that's why yeah. I can't interpret that. Probably, yeah. but North are awesome. The reason I bring it up because we were murdered by the umpires. Twenty-seven free kicks to eleven, just destroyed them. So they gave you a leg up, according to those stats. Good on them. Hey, yeah, that's the reason. Really we on your side. Time uh, is there any... ninety-four minutes twenty seconds to yes. fourteen minutes. All right, <laughs> yes, all right. When are we ever quoted time in front? Fifty-nine. My heart broke 51. when I saw this this score. My heart actually shattered in half. 
I am so happy. I don't have enough coherent thoughts to actually co- have a conversation about this. I'm just too happy. <laughs> Jack Zebel was awesome. Three <sighs> goals, 25 touches. This is like the opposite of when you went through every single Melbourne player bagging the shit out of them after a loss. <laughs> I just want to pat everyone on the back. <sighs> oh, I'm so happy. Yeah, you, so you, lo- you lost the hitouts. Uh, you lost the stoppage clearances. Uh, what else did you lose? You damn it! You lost turnovers. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you took less one. marks. You took less marks, Banjo. There you go. More contested marks, though. Less bounces. More intercepts. That's quite critical. Less one percenters as well. So Three if you weren't that as good. Many marks. <laughs> can we please oh, move on? Awesome. Yeah, we can. <laughs> I'm like you. Might have to carry for a bit. I'm zoned out just looking at our stat sheet. <laughs> but anyway, let's move on. Western Bulldogs defeated Port by 25 points. In a result, I did not want, but that's okay. Yeah, I uh, when I first looked at this result, I kind of thought my first thought was I find this in some ways even more surprising than your results in the sense that I suppose there was a build up to like Collingwood have not been good for yeah. a while, and maybe we and were kind of waiting for that. Okay. Yeah, and we yeah perhaps it kind of you could make some sense of it. Well, you looked at this result, and I was like, what really? Port Adelaide yeah. in Adelaide, just but when you actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose when you actually look at the game itself, it it was in the wet and it was a real arm wrestle and it seems like one of those games which could have broken either way. I think early in the third quarter, Port had all the play, didn't put it on the board. Dogs managed to get a couple on the counter. They got a bit of a lead on and then they just got like one or two more scrappy goals in the last quarter and in the end, it looked fairly comfortable, 25 points. But... It would seem like just an arm wrestle, which at that critical juncture in the game, it could have gone either way. And weird shit happens in the wet. <laughs> and to be honest, it probably really suits the way the dogs like to play. They like oh, a yeah, it makes everyone else as shit going forward as they are. But yeah, yeah, you can make that argument. They, 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 they like in a contest, they like it a bit ugly, a bit of chaos where they can just sort of flick it around and hope that they get out on the outside. Yeah. And they put in a pretty good performance, which... You know, we've said how they seem to be the most inconsistent team yeah. of the year. Um, and they Porter put a good one together. Porter a run of that, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Porter, Port- Frio are starting to get to that now as well. Yeah, I think Frio is a bit more explainable with injuries, but we'll get to that. The one thing that also needs mm. to be said, the Bond's first quarter was absolutely insane. He is so yeah. clean in the wet. I yeah. wish he was yeah. playing for, like, this seems weird, but, like, given they won the flag two, three years ago. But I wish he was on the biggest stage again at this point. He's just, he's been off Broadway because the dogs have just wilted. And he's had and, a great year. Yeah, he's had a great, like, he's just great. It just, it's frustrating he doesn't matter as much as he should. I he's think, a bit like Cripps, except he doesn't have the Carlton fan uh, bandwagon to get him the recognition that he deserves. I think I've said this once on the pod before. The games in the wet, you always look at it and you think, who's got the biggest bulls? Who's got the real contested animals who love the wet? But when you really do sit down and watch it, they're not the players that make the difference in the game. The players who make the difference are the clean players who are able to be clean in those conditions. So they're the ones who set set the game apart. They make the difference in the game. Um, And this time it was bont. Like that. It could easily be seen as as simple as that. They had one player who was far cleaner than anyone else on the ground, and that's that's how they managed to get that lead. Um, so, I mean, Port Adelaide would be furious about it. But this, like, yeah, this game might cost them a final spot. Like, yeah, 
that the last two spots in the eight are now open. I think one will go to Richmond, but that last one could go anywhere, really. There's a whole heap of teams within a game of that spot, and games like this are just not games you can afford to lose if you're Port. Like, at home, against a pretty ordinary side, you just can't do it. And they lost to Frio, and they got they pinched it back against Geelong to nullify that. But they've got to win the games against the teams around them on the ladder, or they're not going to make finals. And these are bad losses. They've they've been a seesaw team for years. They they I reckon they've changed the way they've played three or four times in and, season. <laughs> yeah, and this, but still nothing has changed in terms of their ability to stay consistent. Like they that were, must give Hinkley the absolute shits. <laughs> they were an aggressive, hard running team. They were super inconsistent. They made themselves more defensive, probably in response to that. They yep. were still super inconsistent. Now they've gone back to a bit more of an exciting game style, and they're still exactly the same. I, I can't really explain why. They seem to be quite an emotion-based club. They mm. talk a big game. After every big win or big loss, they'll come, like Koshy or Hinkley will come out and say something really passionate. So maybe it's just that. They just live on emotion, and therefore they're – form fluctuates yeah, with that emotion. They probably do need to steady down a bit. And I think Koshi kind of sets the tone with that. He mm. is, he, he's called me a reactionary. He is super reactionary. He will just yeah, lose his lips either way, yeah. no ma- depending on how the result's gone. And overall, like in terms of a club point of view, he's done a brilliant job in building that oh, club it cannot be, where it is it now. Cannot be, he's sort of the James Brayshaw of Port Adelaide. He saved them from... <laughs> No, like in the way James Brayshaw... Bring it stopped, back to North. <laughs> in the same way that Brayshaw saved our club from going to the Gold Coast, he saved them from just falling apart. They had terrible financials, they had low attendances, and he turned that around. He's been fantastic for them. Yeah, and they're, they're quite a big club now. So, like, yeah, yeah, he has been brilliant. But in terms of their performance, you could argue he does have a little bit of culpability in the sort of example that he sets for them. Yeah, but anyway, should we get on to uh, the second best segment on the podcast, Banjo? Should we move on? To, yeah, sure. Uh, another big addition, another exciting addition of uh, Billy Gower's watch. Billy, 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 Billy Gower's. Billy, 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 Billy Gower's. So what happened this week? <laughs> I don't have too much to go, but I'm, <laughs> I'm angry again. I'm angry again, Banjo. Once again, go on the Bulldogs website. Every, why would anyone want to go on the Bulldogs website other than to look at the injury report and see where Billy Gowers is at? That, that's There's the only, only reason I can think of. one question the Bulldogs should be answering, and that's where is Billy Gowers? Exactly. And you have a look at it, and it has all these quotes from their fitness guy or whatever. I hate this bloke. I need to find his name. All he's <laughs> talked about, yes, Caleb Daniels out for a month. Yes, I get that that's big. Mitch Wallace is back. This is probably going to be back this week. I understand there's a bit of interest in that. Irrelevant. Billy Gowers, again, doesn't get mentioned. And then you just have a look at the injury list. He's still at two to four weeks. So he hasn't, he hasn't gone forward at all. Absolutely farcical. Injury mismanagement on the Billy Gowers front. Surely they're just putting all of the resources into getting Billy right. Because, I mean, he was so good at the start of the year, Banjo. He, he was huge for them. <laughs> they need yeah. Billy back. Week after week, Billy Gowers' watch would just be, oh, how well did Billy play this week? He should take it easy. Otherwise, teams would just... Just won't be able to handle him. And now that he's down, look, the results speak for themselves. They would have won that game by a thousand points if he'd played. 
I look. I can't disprove that, Banjo. <laughs> I, I, I cannot disprove that point. Did you? You had something to add to Billy Gower's watch as well, did you? Yeah, I do. It? I do. Um, the official Plebs on Footy podcast Twitter account that's never tweeted or doesn't have a profile picture uh, <laughs> follows Billy Gowers. And uh, is it the only thing? Is it the only person you follow? I also follow the AFL Players Association. I don't know why. Okay, Cairns. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's on the agenda for this. Yeah, that that, that 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 might that that might happen soon. Uh, yeah, no, Billy Gowers tweeted the OK scuba diving sign because yeah. they won. Yeah, so, so he was happy that they won. Yeah, oh, good on him. He's a good teammate. Never never yeah. let it be said that he's not a good teammate. Shows leadership and teamwork. Yep, absolutely. He's <laughs> a beautiful man as always. <laughs> Just a role model. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Carlton. It's an easy. It's actually an easier segment when he's not playing because you don't have to just blatantly lie. <laughs> you say, oh, he could have been good if he played. <laughs> yeah, I kind of Anyway, yeah, move on. For, the... for that reason. <laughs> Carlton defeated Fremantle by four points. Uh, what an upset. Carlton, no Cripps, no Kerno, the younger, and no Harry McKay. Just incredible performance. They're the, uh, the comeback kings, Carlton, since Teague took over. They were yeah. down by five goals at quarter time, looking embarrassing again, as has happened every time, every game since Teague took over. Then they turn it around in spectacular fashion. I suppose they, they turned it around in the second, and then it was a bit of an arm wrestle from there, and it was one of those things where they happened to be the team in front when the siren went. But, yeah, to turn it, turn it around with three of their arguably the three most important players out is uh, and away from home is pretty unexplainable, really. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it cannot be overstated how good this win was for them. They, This is the kind of thing that actually shows progress, getting a win like this. It, this is like the, the, the honourable loss that, that's what they lead to. It turns into a win like this, backs against the wall. They, they just got contributions from... a bunch of guys that hadn't been able to step up in the way they should have. Petrescu Seaton, 23 in a goal. Walsh had another 30. Murphy found some form again after returning from his broken ribs. Just, Colonel had 16 clearances. It's just a fantastic team performance from a bunch of blokes that haven't been heralded because they haven't performed yet. And if they get an uptick in performance, that's how they're going to build this club. Can you, and look, I don't, I don't subscribe to this, but could, can you make the argument that Cripps being out kind of aided them a bit because of the fact that all of a sudden Murphy had to take on more responsibility and did a great job of it. Kerno had to take on more responsibility, did a great job. Walsh was great. As you say, Petrescu seaton had one of his best games. Like, it, it, it cool, rather than having the one superstar, it required all of their midfielders to step up and then it was more of an, an even I performance. I think it's and, more of an indictment on the way that they've focused so much of their game plan on Cripps winning the ball. I, I think they became too Cripps-centric and too reliant on him. And mm. I think it does show how much of a team game AFL is. As soon as they had to spread the load, many hands make light work in AFL, and it mm. just was demonstrated by this win. It's not oh, like they played fantastic football or that much better than they have in the past in a lot of ways, but they just had everyone play a little bit better and they, they got the job done through teamwork, which is, they've been a one-man band for so long. And this and, is the opposite of that win. 
I think what some guys like Murphy and Kerno, like they have been completely maligned, really. Like they've Kerno's been playing a small forward role. I think that's the Ma- biggest indictment on Bolton's coaching is that he yeah. sidelined them to give the kids a chance, but yeah. in doing Murphy so, a wing, com- yeah, yeah, in doing so, compromised their ability to win, which then compromised the development of the kids. It was, it, it was putting the cart before the horse. It just didn't work. And then, and now they they didn't have a choice because Cripps was out. Yeah. These players had to step up, and they did because they're good players. So I mean, suppose like going forward, what are you? Obviously, you're not going to be not picking Cripps, but do you put him forward a bit? Do you give him some runs forward occasionally I, I to give some other players an opportunity? A little? I, I don't think it's necessarily about how often he plays in the midfield. I think it's more about the players you play around him and the roles you give them in the midfield because Cripps has just always been the guy they try and hit the ball to like the, that yeah. was the, the goal has always everyone been just feels like they're Cripps. blocking for Cripps. Yeah. yeah it's Cripps is the first receiver and I think they need to spread that load and like North do the same with Cunnington you do the same with Oliver like Melbourne do the same yeah. with Oliver a lot but I think with Carlton they're further behind in pretty much every area than both those two clubs they need to develop the other guy's ball winning ability to be able to come close to matching that level because if they just keep making Cripps do everything, he's going to break down and they're not going to get any improvement from anybody else, which was going to strand them at like 10th with or the bottom end of the eight, like what they did when they relied on Judd so much. They need yeah. to be able to spread the load more. And I, and I get that if you think, oh, look, it's an inevitable aspect, Kerno and Murphy will get pushed back a little bit. I, I get that you can make the argument they're older players, who cares? But you need to give guys like as we say, Petrescu, Seaton, Walsh, like the more opportunity they have to be kind of the main man in there, or at least close to it, is huge for them. You can't just be Crips. So, yeah, I, I, I wonder if they, the match committee will sit down and be like, we've, we've got to do something a little different here uh, on the back of this performance because we, we have some good players who aren't getting the opportunity to be good players because we're just so obsessed with Crips. Yes. Fremantle. Oh, devastating <laughs> loss for them. They've lost to yeah. Gold Coast and Carlton. Hmm. They'd and be Melbourne. a top four and Melbourne. They'd be a t- yeah. that's the bottom three teams. They'd yeah. be in the top and four. Also, and they've also beaten GWS and Collingwood away from home. I, yeah, it, it's a real frustration with them. And I get that they, they would do be have in the they injury. would be in the top four. They would be third if they'd won those games. And those are games they should win. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I get that they have injuries, but they don't have as it's not as big to them as Carlton's outs and their injuries during the game. That there, there's no excuse for this, especially no. after you start the way they did. Uh, Ross would be absolutely furious, just furious, especially coming off the back of another loss against. You know, they they would have hoped to have beaten Melbourne. Yeah, they they'd be as pissed off with their performance as Collingwood would be. Like. Yeah. No doubt about it. Both those clubs had just absolute stinkers. And it's not going to hurt Collingwood anywhere near as much as it's going to hurt Frio. This could cost them a final spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, there's, it, that is a very, very, very real possibility that we get to the end of the season, look back at it and be like, remember when they lost to Melbourne and Carlton two weeks in a row? That, that was where they lost it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Sucks, man. Sucks. The only thing that was keeping me happy. <laughs> uh, but it's good that North are going to take their spot in V8. Um, anyway, let's God, move on. <laughs> let's move on to Poochie's mailbag and wrap this up. 
Uh, we've got a couple of questions. Uh, this one from uh, Dan. <laughs> is Clayton Oliver confused about what sport he's supposed to be playing or were his constant attempts to throw the ball at every opportunity against Brisbane just straight out cheating? They weren't throws. They were all legitimate. I, I get that he does these interesting, sexy handballs, but he, he always gets a fist on him. He always gets a fist on him. And look, c- can you answer this question, man? I still don't really know the answer to this. When you have the ball above your head and you hit it kind of upside mm. down with your fist above your head, is that legal? Is that a throw? I, it's been just – it's tacitly been approved because they just don't call it a throw. I – like – this this is purely like a, a policy thing, but like I don't think it should be a throw. I think it's an added skill to the game that's really cool, and it gives players a bit more opportunity to do things that they couldn't do in the past. Yeah, I think it gives the fact we can just handball flexibility and direction, and I like it. Yeah, I think the fact we can only handball is quite restrictive on the game, hmm. which is fine. I get that's what our game is, but if you can find interesting ways around it to still get the fist on the ball, obviously. Yeah, it's a I loophole. think that's fair and. Oliver's become a bit of a freak at it. So, like, I just think he's good at it, to be honest. So, shut up, Dan. <laughs> uh, he's got a follow-up as well. Oh, does and he, he wants you to He wants you to finally concede that Brisbane is a more relevant club than Melbourne, which I think you owe it to him. What do you mean, finally concede? Have I ever called Brisbane an irrelevant club? That's oh, never I, been a take of I mine. Think, I think you must have given, uh, given the way he's framed this question. North are irrelevant. Gold Coast are irrelevant. I've never hey, said that the about Brisbane. I, I like Brisbane. North Shut are, up. North this isn't about North Melbourne, Banjo. No, but look, okay, there, I have two ways of answering this question. One, I, I think it, it, there's an implicit suggestion that I think Brisbane are irrelevant, which I've never said before, so I don't think that's fair. And two, I don't think the fact that Brisbane beat Melbourne answers anything about relevancy. It means you're better, which you obviously are. Never deny that. They but it doesn't are mean more that relevant you're more relevant. Year. This year, like this year, they're more relevant than you. I'm speaking more I from a club male. point of view. They're irre- they are relevant and irrelevant Scott. clubs. North Melbourne are an irrelevant club. Melbourne are relevant. Brisbane, are, <laughs> I have no what measure? Brisbane. Uh, the fact that people actually give a shit what happens to Melbourne? No, they don't. Well, you know, do, Dwayne man. Perry just said he hasn't watched a game of you all year. No, he didn't. I said that. He still thinks he's watched games. I, I think he must not have watched games because he exactly. has no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. But you're irrelevant, Scott. Brisbane Banjo, are. People, Banjo, we're third last and people are still talking about us. We are very relevant. No, agree to disagree no. on that one. Anyway, move right. on. My question for you now, Banjo. Mm-hmm. Should Geelong be allowed to play home finals against interstate clubs at GMHBA and against Victorian clubs at the MCG? Do Marvel clubs get the choice of Marvel or the G? Short answer, no. As long as they choose to play home games during the home and away season at the MCG, they have no right to complain about the AFL doing the same logic for money-making in finals. It's just a... It's a disgustingly two-faced argument, and I hate it. I get the MCG grand final argument. That's a really legitimate concern. But saying that you want to play home finals at GMHPA is just ridiculous. If you want to play your, all your home games there, play all your home games there. And until you do, I do not give a stuff what you say about finals. Mm. Firm response from you, Banjo. What yeah, about it the, gives uh... me the absolute shit? Shut up, Colin Carter. You've got terrible opinions. This in your dumb VAFA premierships <laughs> opinion, just die <laughs> already. 
Um, VFA. VFA. Uh, what about the question about the Marv that was tacked onto it? Do, no, do the Marv all, clubs get yeah, the choice of the Marv or the G? Melbourne finals, all Victorian finals should be at the G. It's just the biggest stadium. Let more people go. It's a people's game. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I can't argue against that. It's like fifteen uh, minutes down the road. Just because Richmond can't travel one way doesn't mean other teams can't travel the other. Next question for you, Banjo: Should Reece Shaw be given the full-time North job next year, or would Rory prefer Longmire to be coach? I'm firmly on the Reece Shaw bandwagon right now. I love that guy. <laughs> you really want him full-time? I'm leaning it that way. Like we are uh... playing football. I'm really liking the way we're playing. We're just angry pricks at the moment and i love it um and to be honest i'm just not enthusiastic about longmire he said on did you see him on 360 the other night he was ah uh, yeah he had his, i didn't see it but i've heard yeah it's just hilarious he said i'm contracted to north uh sydney <laughs> it's like oh, come yeah. on I think we're we're both in agreement that long I, I i'm not sold on longmire in the modern game and i think you agree with me on that yeah. um but i mean like really sure it's just like, I, I, you can't Look, if you go through the process, you decide he's the best coach for the job, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I do but I don't think... think you can read much into what's happening at the moment. I, it, it's a strange situation. It is, but I also – I think there is a fair bit you can read into it. It's not – there's obviously limits to it, but there is a lot. His relationship with the players, you get a real road test. Oh, sorry, a real road test of whether or not that's good enough. Um, yeah, that's something, I, yeah. To be honest, and I'm a big fan of the changes he's made to the game plan and the way he's got us playing. So, and he's showing to, like a willingness to try and develop our younger players in a lot more of an advanced way than Brad Scott did. So, I'm a fan of him. I, if there was another, like, I don't, don't feel the need to go, oh, Brett Ratton's a better candidate because he's, Older, like I, I feel like go through the process, but I just think at the moment, Bree Shaw looks like a fantastic candidate. He's done nothing wrong, and he's done oh. nothing wrong in his assistant coaching career at Sydney, where he was the only two years he was there, voted the best assistant coach in the game. So, like I'm just a fan of his. I think he should get the job, but I think he'll wow. deserve the job. Well, there you go. All right, Banjo, battle situations with unexpected handicaps. Let's head on to it. Are you excited? It's a, it's a short one. I don't think we should take too long on it. But, yes. Uh, King Louie from The Jungle Book mm-hmm. versus Caesar from King Planet Louis of the Apes. What? Which was King Louie from The Jungle Book? The big uh, baboon, the big gorilla dude. The massive okay. gorilla dude. Got it. Yeah. King Louie from The Jungle Book versus Caesar from Planet of the Apes. Dance battle, no unexpected handicaps. Dance battle, Banjo. <laughs> Planet of the Apes is no a musical. No way, you'd be too clunky. No. <laughs> Have you ever seen a fat guy dance? It's great. It'd just be like I mean, that. It's funny. It's not quality. I think it's a bit like King Louis. I'm thinking of the... Have you seen the latest Jungle Book? There were two, uh, weren't there? A live action one. It was Mowgli as well. Is that the Jungle Book? Oh, uh, yeah. No, I, I think I saw the other one. Why yeah, two? I saw one of them. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, so he, he's like massive and a big, kind of a big fat spud in that. In the animated one, he's not as enormous, I don't think, in the, the classics. I and don't know which one we're around a bit more. I'm, I'm thinking because of the fact we're comparing it to Caesar from Planet of the Age. So I assume we're talking about the, the modern... What yeah, did Caesar ever show he could dance? Oh, but he's just, he'd be quite athletic, wouldn't he? 
skinny and fit and nah, yeah, he'd be able to, he'd be able I've to have seen a plenty of skinny fit dudes not be able to dance. <laughs> I'm backing in the guy in the musical. That's all I I'm just, saying. I, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. But is he singing it? Uh, he does, isn't he? I think honestly, I didn't even know who the character was. Have a have a Google of it when you're done. No, I'm going with Caesar. I just think he's a bit. Oh, agree to disagree. All right, all right. (laughs) Did you like the question though, Dan? I did like. I did like it. It it shocked me. But anyway, (laughs) let's finish up. Thanks for listening to the what was it, 17th episode of the Plebs on Footy podcast. Uh, We'll see you next week.